in the Grace Conference, and we were dealing with the understanding about the faith that we have is not ours, it's Jesus' faith. And so <clears throat> tonight I want us to go back and look at Galatians chapter 2 and look at verse 20 again. So let's go to Galatians 2 and let's look at verse 20. And this has always been a favorite scripture of mine. And the Apostle Paul was speaking at, he said, I am crucified with Christ. And he made the statement, when, so to be crucified means I have, you are put to death. There's a death. And so now, if I got life, that means I'm receiving life through the life of someone else. You know, I was speaking this morning in my class online. <clears throat> you have what you call donors, right? Sometimes people don't, you know, a heart, sometimes a lung, a kidney. And so a person is alive because they receive someone else's heart, right? Or some part, some organ. Well, look at it in the same light. You and I are only alive because we receive Jesus' life. Are you following what I'm saying? And so when you start looking at your life in that manner, saying, the life that I now live, notice what he said. The life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loves me. See, <clears throat> and a lot of times we run, we run over this, but think about it. I live by the faith. The life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. So you're living by the faith that Jesus himself, so faith is a response. That's what it is. Faith is a response. So if it's a response, that means it is responding to what is already yours or what has already been done. So faith is the hand that, is that, res that responds to what grace have made provision of. Can y'all see that? And so when you look at it, so that's why I say, the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith, see, of the Son of God. Meaning, I live by the response of what the Son of God did for me. So what am I doing? I believe. And therefore, I'm what? I receive the life that he has, what, made available to me. Okay, and notice this, who loved me, I like that. What did he do? He proved his love towards you and I and gave himself for me. Can you see it? So the, now the life that we now living, that's why living the life of grace and faith, it is, notice this, it's a new life. It's a new way of thinking. It's a new attitude. It's a new way of thinking. And so, why? Because you're, everything that you're doing now, you're drawing from the life that's in you. 
Okay? Now, watch this. Let's go over here to uh, Colossians first. And let's look here at chapter 2, Colossians 2. And look at verse 9. Let's start at verse 9. And notice what it says. What does it say? Read that with me loud. Uh, everyone read that with me. Ready? Read. For in him dwelleth all, what? Of the fullness. Huh? What dwelled in him? The fullness of what? The Godhead bodily. So he, God, he's the Holy Ghost. Is that right? He's the Word. It's all in him bodily. Oh, boy. If you're excited about this statement, look at the next verse. Verse 10. And you are complete in him. Who's complete in him? You and I, which is the head of all. All principality and power. So therefore, there is no opportunity for the works of darkness to ever triumph over you and I again. The victory belongs to you and I. Why? Because, go back to verse 9, Casey. Notice what it said. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. The fullness Spirit, God, the Spirit, God, I mean, God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost dwell in Him bodily. And notice this in verse 10 again. You are complete in Him. Say, I am complete in Him. Amen. And notice it, which is the head of all principalities. And power. Why? Because the principalities and powers are like drill sergeants. They're the ones that is assigned to those wicked spirits or familiar spirits of our lives. They are trained to penetrate. They are trained to pound, to pound, to pound, to pound in your thought life until either you cast it out, cast it down, or it begins to penetrate and make way in your life and control you. Even though you're born again, but it can control you through your emotions, through your physical body, and yet the glory of God that's in you will never be shined, will never shine for. Are y'all seeing this? This can happen. But these, notice he said, you are complete in him, which is the head of, of all principalities and power. Why would Jesus say that? Look at the, <clears throat> go with me to, uh, we're going to come right back to this because I want to do something in, in the book of Philosophy. In, in 1 Peter, <clears throat> in 1 Peter 3, and look here with me uh, in verse 18. 1 Peter 3, 18. For Christ also has suffered for sin. Now remember, we're talking about he's the head of all principalities and power. That means Jesus already brought to naught these things. Okay? 
So even though you and I may have familiar spirit that is, uh, you know, familiar with our life, they've been with us ever since existence of our existence. And this is the very reason why through thoughts, <clears throat> through circumstances, through your environment, it will try to use these means or methods to do what? To attack you. To put you in a place to lose hope. To put you in a place of making you feel like, you know, well, this not for you. Because of this. This right here says, when we, in verse 10, again, it said, we are complete in him who is the head of all principalities and power. So if he... If we, if he's, uh, we are complete in him and Jesus is the head of all principalities and power, then guess what? It is inoperative or it is unlawful for them to speak with you or to remind you of to try to get you to take thought. So you have to use your authority. See, this is what faith is. Faith is the response of what Jesus did, all what grace have done. So by faith, as a response, I'm saying, I rebuke that thought. Jesus is the head of all principalities and power, and I'm complete in him, so therefore it's under his feet, it's under mine, in the name of Jesus. This is how, you, this is how we live. This is how you get things off of you, whether it be oppression or depression, whether you get a bad report. You can get it off of you. I'm not saying that we don't, negative reports don't come to us or bad things don't happen to us in our lives at times. They do. But because we have this spirit of Christ inside of us, we have this Holy Ghost power living inside of us, this resurrection power that's living inside of us. What is it doing? It is aiding us to know that, hey, the victory of this crisis has already been won. So your response, you have to respond to what I've already done in this matter. And you have to do it by faith. By faith, you got to do it believing in in me that I have already did it. Can y'all see that? That's the key. Your faith is like Jesus told you, simply believe in me as able to do this. Do not be seized or alarmed or struck with fear. Believe in me that I am able. Notice what he said. Believe in me that I am Am able. It didn't say believe in yourself that you are able. Oh, that's a big difference because you got a lot of people believing in themselves. I'm not saying it's wrong to believe in yourself, but they put all the emphasis upon I can do this, believing in myself. Well, you see, what are you trying to do is I understand what you're doing, but you know, it's like, because you got so many people, negativity people behind, I mean, against you. You know, I'm looking at a thing about uh, Muhammad Ali, uh, a document that when he fought uh, uh, George Foreman before he fought him, and, you know, on the day of the fight. And most of his corner was against him fighting George Foreman. And the reason is because he knocked Frazier crazy. 
I mean, everybody this man fought, I mean, he hurt him. And Ali was supposed to be in a place where, you know, this is something you need to pass up. And he and it, it showed where he was saying to them, what are y'all afraid of? I'm the one got to get in the ring. So it was almost like he was standing by himself and having to do to fight this guy because even though the, they were in his corner, but they wasn't for him because they were afraid he was going to get injured. He was going to get hurt. But he ended up knocking him out in the eighth round. Ali did knocking Foreman out in the eighth round. My point is, if he wouldn't have had faith in his own self, because you need that confidence when you're making a stand against someone, okay? That's not what I'm speaking of. What I'm speaking of right here is that when it comes to principalities and powers, these are rulers of darkness. You can't have faith in yourself. Your faith has to be in God. Your faith has to be in the redeeming blood of Jesus Christ. Can y'all see that? Now, you know, when we have activities going on or you got natural things going on or whatnot, you know, it's all right to have confidence in yourself because why? That is of the physical. I'm not speaking of the physical. I'm speaking of the realm of the spiritual. When it's in the realm of the spirit, you are, your dependency is totally upon the finished work of what Jesus did. Are you, you understand what I'm saying? That's the difference, okay? And so when he said, <clears throat> you and I are complete in him, and I, you know, I'm, I'm getting to this point here. And he said, who is the head of all principalities and powers? This is Jesus. That's the reason why you and I should never have no fear of no matter what the negativity is, no matter what the report you have received, you can know from within, I got the, I got the life of the one that overcame this. So all I need to do, Holy Spirit, show me. I need the wisdom of God to be revealed to my senses that I'm able to walk this out in the way Jesus has already won this for me. That's our stand. That's your prayer. Your prayer is always, Lord Jesus, you already, you the head of principalities and power. So therefore, you were raised for my justification. Look what the scripture says right here. First <clears throat> Peter 3. It said, for Christ also has once suffered for sin. How many times he suffered? One time. Okay. Why was it? Why one time? Because his blood was not tainted. His, he was not born of human you know, what too human. His blood is the blood of God. He's the seed of the woman, but he's the son of God. Right? He's the seed of the woman, but he's the son of God. Why? Because it was the word that gave him life. Right? Mary became pregnated with what? The word. The seed is the word. And the word becomes what you call it for. Oh my. 
See, you and I don't have to be created. God created the heaven and the earth. The Bible said in the beginning, God created. Just think about that. The heavens and the earth. So if he created it, and we, if we have time tonight, we'll do it. But if not, we'll do it tomorrow night. If he created it, then we need to see, and that's what I'm talking about doing today. We need to see how did he go about creating the heaven and the earth with words. He did it with words. Hmm? He didn't go to, he didn't go to the, uh, the nursery and say, well, let me get me, let me uh, get me some mature pecan trees. He didn't go there and get, say, let me get some peace trees. They didn't have no nursery. The nursery was in God. So God called for what? Grass, herbs, seeds, yielding seeds of his kind. And notice it. The earth brought forth fruit trees. Why? Because God spoke it. God called it forth from himself. Well, God lives inside of you and I now. So now you got God the Father, you got the Son, you got the Holy Ghost inside of you. So when you speak what God has already created, how he did it, then how could you be denied? You're not speaking from yourself. You're speaking from a place of what he's already done. What he's already put in play. You and I are just what? Overseers of his goods. Hmm? That's what you and I are. You and I are the ones that what? That taking authority, walking in this dominion, subduing, taking control, taking charge over his goods. Hmm? We're in that field. We're in this garden doing what? We are watching. We are the gardeners watching over God's garden through the blood of Jesus. So when you hear something out of balance and you know that it's a direct effect upon what God has put in place, he's looking to you and I to bring restitution. He's looking for you and I to speak it back in the light how he created it. He's looking for you and I to make the stand upon how he spoke to the winds and said, peace, be still. Huh? How he spoke to the wave and rebuked them. Oh, my. And that's what you and I are called to. We are called to do what? To duplicate. That's what, it, that's what it meant. When God said, let us make man in our image and likeness, we are a duplicate of the God kind. But you won't see the same manifestation in our life if you don't take time and understand the life that I have is dead. I'm dead to. So the life that I have, I'm living from the life of his life that I received, that he overcame the works of the darkness. He overcame principality and power. He is the Lord over it. So therefore, I have no more concern about my, you know, principal, you know, whatever in my life come back to try to torment me. Amen? Yeah, watch this. 
It said, for Christ also had suffered, uh, I mean, had once suffered for sin. The just for the unjust. Well, who's the unjust? You and I were. He was the just. Right? That he might bring us to God. Glory to God. Amen. And notice this. Being put to death in the flesh. Yeah. But quickened by the spirit. Oh, can you understand that? That means he was made alive. That means God had to tell the Holy Ghost, go get him. Raise him up. Go get him. And Jesus' body laid in the grave lifeless for three days and three nights. While his spirit, here we go, watch the next verse, Casey. By which also he went and preached unto the spirits in prison. Whoa. They were in hell. They were in a place set for hell. This was Noah's generation and etc. Watch this. Which sometime were disobedient, and when once the long suffering of God waited in the days of Noah. Remember that? The days of Noah. While the ark was a preparing, wherein a few, how many went in? Eight. Now, I don't know how many people was on the earth then. It may have been 10,000. I don't know. But eight out of 10,000, what's the percentage of that? Not good, is it? I'm telling you right now, that same percentage is going to be in the likeness of the resurrection. I mean, the, uh, the rapture of the church. <laughs> Are you understand what I'm saying? I mean, the same thing. Just look at the, the Bible is a pattern book. Everything God does is a pattern. He uses the same pattern. When you know God, when you learn of him, you can see the pattern. And just like what we have right now, that's going to be a small percentage that is raptured out of here. But just as Jesus went and preached to those souls that were in prison, well, even when the rapture take place, even through the years of tribulation, the seven years of tribulation, people still going to get saved. But <laughs> it ain't going to be nothing nice. There's going to be another rapture. Are you understand what I'm saying? But what's going to happen is like the people that's going to be left behind, that would be a greater number that will come to know him because we're gone. And what they heard, they know now it's true because we're not here. But many going to know what took place. And so there'll be many underground churches 
You understand what I'm saying? It won't, you won't be out like this. Okay? So we're in this dispensation now. It's, you know, it's, this, is, this class is more for us to do what? To grow up in this grace so that we could be affected for him in this earth. Okay? So he said, which sometime were disobedient when once the long-suffering of God, and that's what God is right now, the long-suffering of God, waited in the days of Noah. Well, he's waiting right now for many to receive his son. Now, nobody knows when God is going to come. I mean, when Jesus is going to come. Only God himself has that time. Not even Jesus knows. God has only reserved that time for himself. But you can bank it. It's coming. The long suffering of God is right now waiting for more people to choose him. Hmm? Many won't. Not at this first time. But once, it, once, whatever, once this rapture takes place, Oh, yes. Because now you are hiding. There is now there are things that's going to be established where you don't have any say-so. And the reason why everything is going to be underground because you don't want to take the, this mark of the beast. Are y'all getting this? So you, you and I, this is the... If there's ever a time to get it right, this is the time. This is the time to get it right. This is not the time that you say, well, I live by grace, meaning I can live like I want. No, no. How can you when you have died to yourself? Grace doesn't afford you the license to live uh, lukewarm. It infuses, it empowers you to, to, to be in tune with God like you have never been before. Okay? So he says, which sometimes were disobedient when once the long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was a preparing, see, where in few, that is, eight souls were saved by water. Okay? The like figure whereunto even baptism does also now save us, not to put in the way of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God. By what? The resurrection of Jesus Christ. Is that another verse that goes with this? Yeah. Who is gone into heaven and is on the right hand of God Angels and authority have power, I mean, and power being made subject unto him. Why? Jesus finished it all. Oh, you understand what I'm saying? Now, watch this. Huh? He went and preached to the. He went and preached. That's right. 
He went in prison. Well, the only those who were, I mean, you see, this is before the this is before the dispensation of the gospel of grace. And so what he did, he went back and preached to those. No one was in hell, but they were in a place what they call prison set aside. The disobedient. And so what he did, notice, and I think Matthew's account in the 27th chapter of Matthew is the only gospel that said that when Jesus came out, was raised from the dead, when he was walking on the earth, 500 people got up out of the grave. I think that's Matthew, find that for me, Maria. I think, I think it's Matthew 20, I want to say 27, 47. 500 people got up. Can you imagine your great, 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 great? <laughs> I'm knocking on the door. Paige. <laughs> so, but find that for me. It, it's, Matthew is the only one that records it. But what I'm saying to you, yes, uh, think about it. Noah was ministering unto these people and only eight out of whatever the population was. So they had a chance to receive Christ. They had a chance, yes. And so, hey, the reason that Jesus went to hell was what? Was to undo the works. Now go back to Colossians, Casey, chapter 2 to undo the works that the devil had done. Okay? Notice this. Oh, this is it? Here it is. And it said, and the grave were open, and many bodies of the saint which slept arose. Now they tell me it's about 500 that got up. Verse 51. So it's the same as when you think about when they, when, when they arrested Jesus and they said it was, uh, it was a band of soldiers that came to get Jesus. And I told you that band is anywhere between three to six hundred men. And I think Brother George confirmed it was six hundred men that came to arrest Jesus. And when they asked him, he said, who do you seek? They said, Jesus of Nazareth. He said, I am. And all six hundred, including uh, what's his name? Judah. They all went backwards on the ground. They didn't do it once. They went down twice. They fell on the ground. All 600. Yeah, because it's God manifest in the flesh. I'm just trying to show y'all the power that is living inside of you and I this very day. And I know that's why it takes a revelation. Because it's concealed in this, in this, in this, in this vile body. This, you know, it takes time for you and I to to grasp it, to grow in it, and that's why it's not so good to always. You have people always trying to get, learn something new, trying to learn something. No, you need to pay attention to certain things. I mean, like redemption, identification, 
understanding the law of of uh, of uh, uh, seed time and harvest. I mean, those things that is that is so important to your life of understanding where you can walk with God in a manner of knowing, knowing. He said he came out of the grave and and came out of the grave after his resurrection. You see that? Talking about Jesus. And he went into the holy city and he appeared unto many. That many was 500. Keep going to the next verse, case. And now when the centurion and they that were with him watching Jesus saw the earthquake and those things which were done and they feared greatly saying this was, I mean this yeah, was the son of God. Amen. All right, go back to Colossians chapter 2 and look at verse uh, 10 again. We're, we're, we're We'll probably close with this. Watch this. And it said, and you are complete in him, which is the head of all principalities. We are complete where? In him. We're not complete outside of him. We're complete in him. That's important. So that means if I'm complete in him, then guess what? I'm living life what made me complete. I'm not living life outside. I'm living life what made me complete. So I need to look in and say, what is it that what is it that made me complete? Amen. Too much power going through there. All right. Verse verse eleven, uh, Casey. It says, in whom also you are circumcised with the circumcision made without hand. By the word of God, see? In putting off the body of the sin of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. Well, how did you do that? When you received him. You spoke words, I believe that Jesus is the son of God, and that, and you got saved. Okay? Now, I know a lot of people put in there say, you know, forgive me of my sin. That's, that's, that's you know, you can't ask that because you don't know your sin. A sinner don't know all his sin. And so when we pray the prayer of salvation, a lot, you know, I'm not against it, but people put, you know, say, now pray this prayer with me. Lord, forgive me. They don't know. How they going to ask the Lord to forgive me? They don't know. Only the righteous can ask for forgiveness because you know. You got a life on the inside of you that's reminding you when you went off, when you went wrong. Okay? And you don't sin out of your spirit, you sin out of the soulish man. Because your spirit is sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. You can't sin out of your spirit, but you can sin out of your soul. You can sin in your body. Y'all understand that, right? Okay. So it says, in whom also you are circumcised. That means circumcision means to, uh, there's a cutting away. What's a circumcision made without hand? See, made without hand. That circumcision was the cutting of the flesh, but it's made without hand in putting off the body of sin of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. Keep going. Buried with him in baptism. Baptism means to be what? Submerged. You know, you're under. 
wherein also you are risen with him. Now watch this. How are we risen with him? Through the faith of God. Huh? Who has what? Raised him from the dead. Wow. Let's look at that again. We were buried with him. That means he was our substitute, but it was you shouldn't see him. You should see you. That's why I say bear it with him in baptism. See, that's what you put the focus. You're putting the focus on I was buried with him, wherein also ye are risen with him. Right? How? Through the faith of the operation of God. That means it's the operation of God, but my response to what I just received, what did I hear? Number one, I was buried with him. Number two, I was risen with him, right? And it said, by faith is the response of the operation that is of God. That means I have to believe that. I have to conceive that. That it is of the operation of God. Are y'all understand what I'm saying? And that's in your spirit. It will let you know this is so. Okay? Watch this. And I'm going to show you greater light of this in the book of Romans, maybe tomorrow. Okay? Next verse, Casey. And you, see that? Being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh. See, you're being dead in your sin. And not just, that's not just your, your past. That's past, present, and future tense. You're dead in your sin. Why? Because there is no more sacrifice for sin. That's what it's saying. You know, every year the priest had to come. Every year and do a, and do a ritual for sin. No, but Jesus did it once. Why? Because it wasn't the blood of an animal that could take away sin. It was the blood of his own life that had not been tainted. And so therefore, he qualified. He was made, he made us worthy by qualified, by substituting himself for us. And when he did it, he would, he became sin, meaning the father put it on him. It was a spiritual law. It was a spiritual life. In other words, God took the law of what sin did and he put it in his son. He made his spirit, he made his flesh become sin for you and I. That's why he was our substitute. Spirit, soul, and body. Oh, you understand what I'm saying? Your redemption is not just one fold. Your redemption is spirit, soul, and body. Now, 1 Corinthians 15, 53 through 54, uh, Romans 8, uh, what is 21 or something like that, speak up. Uh, you have a glorified soul and a glorified body that's awaiting you. But while we live in this body right now, we have the promissory note of the word of God, knowing that, hey, my sin has been forgiven, past, present, and future ten. There are times we sin and don't even know it. Now just think about it. If sin 
if sin was a big issue to God, and you and I will sin and not know what we are sinning afar, can you imagine under the law what sin did to a man? It took away your conscience. I mean, it took away your, 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 uh, your confidence. Sin, the law strengthened sin. Are you understand what I'm saying? In other words, when a law is put in place, and when you violate it, well, guess what? You just strengthen that sin, strengthen that law. Why? Because you can't, you can't do it on your own. The purpose of the law was to bring man to a place and say, I need a savior. I can't do this. Every time I look around, I make a good bucket of milk, but then I turn around and kick it over. And you got to start all over again. And that's what happened. You're always trying to start all over again. Say, I got to get my life right with God. See, that's what you hear people in religion, people with tradition. They always say, I got to get my life. I'm trying to get my life right. See, why? Because it's something they trying to do themselves and never will arrive. You can't do this in yourself. You have to receive this Savior who already done it. And then as you grow in this grace, you start peeling off. That's what it means by putting on the new man. You're putting on, you're learning how to put on this life that you have conceived. You're learning how to wear this life. You're learning how to speak out of this life. But you got to be around the word to hear it. If you're not hearing the word, then you will never be able to, to really change where it really needs to be. Are you understand what I'm saying? That's why you should never be so hard on believers that may not, you know, they, they still falling short. Well, they falling short because they lack knowledge. They lack understanding. You don't know, just you need to thank God that you're hearing the truth. And that you have the opportunity, I have the opportunity to do what? To be strengthened in my inner man. Why? Because I'm more conscious of it now. Oh, you understand what I'm saying? I didn't always have this kind. I mean, I always, always was conscious of God. But more understanding has come. And because of it, it makes my life so much easier. It makes my life is so much filled with the life of him that now... I'm not being wearied or worried about nothing. Are you understanding what I'm saying? I'm learning more and more how to do what? Partake of his life. I'm learning more and more how to live out of his life in me. That's why he can do it. That's why he knows it's a process. Why? He had to deal with sin in a manner that your past, present, and future tense is dealt with. Why? Because God, that's what put God in the place where the Holy Spirit is where we are. Notice this. How could the Holy Spirit live inside of us knowing that we still got these flawed bodies? <laughs> because God know that, hey, if I put, and that's what it means by the goodness of God leaded men to repentance. Why? Because you got the righteous one in you. You got the Holy Ghost in you. And guess what? Because you're born of God, sooner or later, you're going to start turning to God. Lord, 
You're going to start feeling condemned. You're going to start feeling judged. You're going to start feeling weary. Lord, I need help. And the Holy Spirit is right there to do what? He's there to reveal what Christ did for you. See, what it is, sometimes we have laid aside the life that we have in him. Are you understand what I'm saying? It's just like this shirt. I can pull this shirt off. If I pull this shirt off, it's lifeless. This shirt means nothing. But this shirt covers my body. So what I'm putting on to cover my nakedness, right? That's what you and I are doing. We're putting on Christ. That takes a moment. It takes all your life, really. You never graduate. Amen? And finally, watch this. You being dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, has he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. You see that? Now, some people think that, well, he did that when you got born again. No, baby, you better believe that he did that once and for all. He's not going to keep coming back like they do year by year and getting, you know, so that your sins can be forgiven. So when it tells you that, it was all is simply saying, there's no more sacrifice for sin. Jesus' blood was perfect before the Father, presented before the Father. It was enough. The veil between God and man was shattered with the blood of Jesus. Amen? Now, it's an act of your will to do what? Choose whom you're going to serve. Okay? Now, I know it almost sounds like, you know, giving people a, a, a will to sin and accept. Well, that's what the gospel is supposed to almost sound like, but that's not what it's saying. It's just trying to show you how good God is. And notice this, because the consequences of what the enemy held against us, the principalities and the power, Jesus has disarmed them. Jesus has stripped them of his weight to harm you. You have to be in a place to do what? To either choose to allow this oppression to be upon you, this condemnation, or you have to choose to receive this life that you have in the righteousness of God and live out of it. Because the only reason why I live condemned, I live judged, is because I'm still living in my flesh. I'm still doing it my way, even though Jesus has small principalities and power, but I'm still trying to do it through religion. I'm still trying to do it through self-motivation. You're going to always fall short. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. Well, I have so much more, but we don't have to stop here.